Welcome back to the Wolf Den. So excited to be talking with my sisters. We have Lauren, we have Kate, and we are excited to talk to you and tell you what we're bringing to the table and, and dive into um, our topic for the week, which is the pandemic and, and what we're leaving behind and what we're bringing forward um, into what hopefully is a pandemic-free world. I know we're certainly feeling uh, some nice moves forward and, and hopefully everyone else is too. So, poor Matthew. Poor Matthew doesn't get an introduction because he introduced us. I was just us. thinking that. So okay. Matthew, Matt, Wolfen, uh, thanks for being here. Happy to chat with you. Thanks for being our introducer. This is Lauren. Lauren, this is Lauren. Well, that would be confusing. <laughs> that was Lauren on a new microphone. I'd be curious to hear if the audio quality is noticeable, but at least on Zoom, it sounds really good. Very crisp. Oh, good. Sounds pretty good. I think I think we should release Lauren's uh, video that she no, texted please us don't. Please unwrapping don't. her unwrapping her microphone. It was cringe to the extreme. It was For meant some... to be a joke, you guys. For some reason, it was so small on my phone. It was like I could really only hear the audio, and then it was like Polly Pocket sized Lauren being like, "So this is my new microphone." I literally was doing it YouTuber style in a jokey manner at on purpose. I know. I, I liked it, but you're making me want a mic because I think the audio is going to be really good. We'll see I when I edit. I, I was going to say when you edit, I think this is going to be really good. I was hesitant to bring it up that, at risk that you were would both give me a hard time about like, oh, Lauren's so obsessed with her new mic. But this was actually the sweetest gift I have ever received for my birthday. Some of my friends from business school got together to give me this mic, given that they know that I'm into the podcast now. So I... I only hope and aspire to be that inspired of a gift giver. Yeah. So inspired. And now we have to keep going. Lauren opens the mic. I was like, okay, I guess we're keeping up with the podcast, <laughs> which obviously was the plan anyway, but we, we now have some fixed costs. So You're we're right. going to keep it up. I've been getting podcast a lot of off, really, yeah. Sorry. I'll I... let you, I'll let you go into your feedback, but we need to talk about the fact that caller daddy just sold. Uh, that was insane to Spotify for 60 million, which I don't even think that's the entire equity value of the business, right? Because Barstool still has the the ability to sell merch. So yeah. Wait, what did you say before? Podcasts are hot right now. Is that what you said? Yeah. 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 Armchair expert is also going to Spotify starting July 1st. A momentous day. A momentous day for many reasons. Also the birth of Kate Lawrence Wolfen, which we will be celebrating next week. Yeah. The world was forever changed. Um, It's true. That is interesting. Any other podcast news that we should be informed about? No, but I mean, that's a big freaking deal. I mean, that's been around for what, less than three years for sure. So I think that's a big deal and a big indication that you create audience and grow quickly. Not saying we'll get there, nor do I think we have aspirations to, but um, big deal. It is a big deal. Also, there's a lot of things being done around monetization of audio and podcasts in particular, for example, charging a premium to listen to specific podcasts, whether that like on Spotify or Apple, I think that that's coming in a similar vein to like the Patreon model. Mm -hmm. So there it's the wild west still, but I think a lot of people are, are trying to figure it out. Definitely. It's abysmal on Apple's part, and maybe they just have too many businesses to care. But the fact that Apple has done so little to yeah, solidify the position and help podcasters and make discoverability better is is mm-hmm. terrible. And it's it's a nice thing. I'm a big. I think we 
all our big Spotify fans, we've listened, we've mentioned it many times across three or four different episodes, but I think that they're doing really big things for uh, podcasts and another huge acquisition for them. Uh, so yeah. what were you saying though, Lauren? You were saying you've been getting sounded like a feedback. lot of good feedback on the podcast. I think friends really enjoy listening week to week and they like the little insight into all of our lives and they like to know what we're up to and what we're thinking about and talking about. So I think it is a worthwhile endeavor if I do say so myself. For sure. For sure. I wasn't knocking it. Um, (laughs) Life update. I graduated. So crazy. But it was a really fun weekend in Evanston. Lots of family and friends, families and good food. And now I'm back in LA for the summer. So I'll be using Camber to try some new local spots. I got the best compliment today from my best friend, Drew. She said that she discovered a new restaurant on Camber. And I and went there and loved it. And I was like, yes, proof of concept. <laughs> it's happening. What restaurant do you know? She said Citizen Public Market, which is, hmm. I believe, in Culver City. Uh, don't fact check me on that. I, I don't know if that's <laughs> um, Sounds good. We'll have to go. I haven't heard of it. Yes. I was very excited. Maddie. My, day, my week, my month. <laughs> Maddie went to a wine bar in Echo Park that looked super cute. Yes, Maddie, my Camber co-creator. All right. I think I was about to say, Kate, without further ado to do, do, do. Yeah, speaking of podcasts, our personal favorite and Matthew's personal least favorite is called The Morning Toast. And after you listen to The Wolf Den, if you need some more sibling entertainment, I couldn't recommend The Morning Toast more. You can become I a agree. sister. That's if actually something never- you're going to bring forward from COVID. Totally. It's never too late to become a toaster. Never too late. Yeah. They have some great sibling vibes, sibling energy over there. And they start their, they do a daily podcast, which is dedication, but it is their full-time job. So every day when they're going to deliver the fast five stories that you need to know before you wake up and take a bite out of your morning toast. <laughs> they they a say, on my mouth. without <laughs> further ado, I'm going to get further. Uh, did it, did it do? There's some controversy over their lingo. Anyways, I'm going to get into what I'm bringing to the table this week, which, you know, maybe a little bit more for our female listeners out there, but I am a huge fan of the dry bar single shot. Uh, It basically blow dryer and hairbrush in one, which I discovered during COVID. It was kind of at the point where I was getting really sick of staring at myself on Zoom and you know, there are limited things that you can do to change up how you look in that little square, such as varying your makeup, maybe not wearing makeup, trying on blue light glasses, putting some earrings on. And ultimately I decided I would try blow drying my hair with a new tool. So that was really exciting. That said, I think the reason that this is very relevant also, as we start to get back into doing things in person, in real life, if you have events coming up, weddings, et cetera, this summer, this tool is actually just so amazing. To be honest, I prefer it to going to dry bar itself to to get my hair blown out. And it's something you can do just day to day at home and touch up your hair, blow it out. And it, it really, it really looks like you went and got it done professionally. I have many people comment and, and compliment me on it when I, when I use this tool. Matthew looks so serious. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so not for him. I was like, oh, do you know what this is? Explaining to it to him. And he was like, what? 
<laughs> to be honest, to be honest with you, and I shouldn't do this, I was looking at Shopify uh, for my internship. Uh, and so it was not a reaction to Drybar. I it's figured the fascination there was, with Shopify. There was something else going on. Well, you probably should be keeping current on your internship. Um, but the tool is so great. I've never been the best at blow drying my hair. I feel like it always ends oh, no. up kind of poofy when I use a normal blow dryer, but you got such a nice blow dry with this thingy and it's super easy to travel with. And speaking of graduation weekend, it felt so great to be able to do my own hair and be really happy with it. Yes. You can see I've already influenced Kate to buy it as soon as I did my hair one time and showed it to her on, in a photo. So maybe Kate will post a photo of me with my hair done (laughs) and then you all will be influenced to buy this as well. Super affordable too. It's kind of a similar tool to a Dyson Airwrap, but a much more reasonable price. So expensive. Yeah. Alrighty. I would be curious what our listenership is looking like. I'd imagine slightly more female than male, but um, maybe we'll do some sort of uh, poll on Instagram stories or something to get some data and some some insights, some, some audience insights. That's a good call. Well, I know Uncle Mikey is a regular listener because he shout I was in, out. Shout out. I was in the car with Granny today and he called to say he just listened to episode 11. So I don't know if they have weekly debriefs after they listen to the episode or what, but it was really good timing. And uh, I was happy to hear that he's stuck with us. Nice. Um, what I'm bringing to the table is this new credit card. Um, I was going to say app, but really it's a credit card. Um, it's called built B I L T. Um, I would consider myself a credit card hacker. If we want to use that word travel hacker is the, is the term that gets thrown around a lot, basically trying to use the right credit card and, and use points in order to, um, find deals and, and save money. Um, there's a lot of support in it for me. I really enjoy it. And up until now, um, paying your rent is kind of a spot where you can't use the right credit card because most companies, uh, most uh, buildings either charge a pretty big premium on using a credit card. So about a two and a half percent fee um, where it just doesn't make sense to use a credit card or don't accept credit cards at all. Um, And so this company built um, just launched very recently. I signed up for the wait list and what they do is they allow you to, with your credit card, if your credit card, um, if your building allows for credit cards, um, use the credit card to pay for your rent. And if your building does not allow for credit cards, like mine does, um, they say that the mechanic that they use is to pay whatever your sum for your rent is directly to built and built will write a check to your building, which sounds completely unscalable to me, but um, we'll let them do that. And by using built, um, you get 2% back um, in points that can be transferred to partners such as American Airlines and Hyatt and a whole bunch more. Um, I know they definitely have a partnership with Y7, for example. So theoretically, uh, 2% of your rent could pay for um, a Y7 class or two per month, which is nice to be able to get some perks just for paying your rent and no incremental costs. So I'm on the wait list um, and we'll be intrigued to see how long it takes them to go through that wait list and see if that, you know, over the course of a year allows me to take on an extra round trip flight or an extra hotel night or two in a Hyatt hotel. So um, I'm excited about it. Uh, We'll see how it goes. I'm also super curious what that business model looks like. I don't really understand it yet, but I understand it as a consumer. So uh, I call myself the ultimate consumer and I will try anything once. If they do me wrong, I will be (laughs) I have a short leash, but I'll try anything once. 
<laughs> That's true. You you are definitely the ultimate consumer. Very cool. Well, you'll have to keep us posted on how it goes. How long do you anticipate being on the wait list for? I don't know. I feel like a good result would be like a week or two. I signed up the same day I heard about it. Um, I think right now they're only like the first people are are built are in buildings that they have a partnership with. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd imagine there's some sort of uh, operator that they have a partnership with, and they're just going through all their buildings first to you know work out the kinks, um, and from there they'll get to the wait list. So two weeks I feel like would be a good result. I can imagine it being longer than that. Um, so we'll see. Got it. Got it. I'm excited for you. Um, cool. So what I am bringing to the table is LAFC Los Angeles football club. That is one of two soccer teams, uh, two MLS teams in Los Angeles, the other being galaxy, but LAFC, um, is a bit newer. I think this is only their third or fourth season. And I'm mainly bringing it to the table because I got to a I got to go to a game with our dad last night, which was so, so fun. And Matthew was talking about um, the Cubs game he went to a few weeks ago, but even more so now you're just seeing life return to normal. And it's so fun to see people walking around and getting food and cheering. And I think I feel, you know, I feel safe because I'm vaccinated and getting to experience normal life again is just really cool. Um, and the fan base is super passionate and diverse. And I feel like I've been to other sporting events where the fans feel a little trashy somehow, but like, I feel like at LAFC, the fan, I mean, obviously I'm like in this group, so I'm not trying to flatter myself, but I feel like the fans are a little cooler and more with it. And it's a really fun vibe. Lots of energy. Was it full capacity, no masks? What's the deal? Full capacity allowed. Yeah, no masks. Um, it wow. wasn't really at full capacity in our section, but one of the best things about LAFC games is this cheering section called 3252, which dad told me it's called that because that's how many people it seats. But basically it's this group of, I don't know, like in high school, we had the fanatics. I don't know if other people's high schools had kind of like groups of people who were committed to going to the games and getting rowdy but it's a group of 3000 people and they do these chants for LAFC all game long and they bring huge drums and they bring flags and they bring smoke. It's very, it's very international soccer culture or football culture, if you will. Yeah. Energy is incredible. And but join in. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. I love that you, for me, this is so full circle because the very last quote unquote event or or large scale gathering that I went to pre pandemic was an LAFC game with dad. And at the time it was almost like, Oh, I, I can't believe that we did that. We weren't wearing masks yet. Of course, this was right during mid March. I was meant to go on a work trip to New York that got canceled. Matthew still had dinner with our cousins that we were meant to have dinner because I was coming in town and we took dad and I took the subway or metro down there, which at the time, you know, it's like, how are we in this bubble of all these people? I think we brought hand sanitizer. Maybe that was the start of it. And and that was it. No one knew what was about to happen. Yeah. So last year there wasn't really a season. There was a tournament in an Orlando bubble that was fun to watch on TV, but there's really nothing like going to the game. Um, and we won two zero. We beat FC Dallas. Mm-hmm. So that was very cool. 
And yeah, it was just a really great time. I grew up playing soccer, so it's definitely my favorite sport to watch. But I feel like in general, uh, fast paced sports are for me. I used to joke when I would go to Matthew's baseball games, like no wonder they call this America's pastime because it uh, it's not speedy, but I do love a soccer game. So it was super, super fun. I do also love that, like, obviously you played soccer till you were, what, 13, 12, 13, 14, I'm age mm-hmm. like that. But, like, I do love how you, LAFC and going to these games and you being in LA, I, I haven't been to a game, which is crazy because I've been to so many sporting events with our dad. But um, LAFC, I haven't, just the timing hasn't been right. But I do love that both going to the games, but then also watching the games. It's like you and dad are, like, the two biggest LAFC fans. Like, I haven't gotten into it, but I love that that's, like, your thing. I think it's yeah. Great. It's fun. Well, I, I keep track of who's traded, who's, you know, mm-hmm. new to the team. Sadly, we lost our keeper who went to Northwestern a few years ago. He's my favorite, Tyler Miller. If you're listening, I love you. Um, but we saw, this is crazy. One of the players, I don't know if he wasn't playing because he was on the Canadian national team, but um, we were leaving the game and he just like walked right past us. Mark Anthony K. To me, that was like a celebrity sighting. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he's just a normal guy, I guess. Anyway. Very cool. Ended the night on a high note for sure. And we did take the train. Everyone was wearing masks. Um, okay. So I, I took the train for the first time on Tuesday too. So we are, we are back then, if you will. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, speaking of, we wanted to spend this episode, talk about, to spend this episode talking about some things. There we go. That we are both taking with us and leaving behind from this COVID experience we have all shared. Um, I think we can all agree it's been a mixed bag of really hard stuff, really unexpectedly great stuff, getting to be home and spend so much time together. But we're going to take this moment to reflect on what we are leaving behind in 2020 and 2021 and what we'll take with us from this time um, as lessons and things we want to maintain going forward. So, so, so yeah, something so simple that it just it's not something I've ever really experienced before in, in my lifetime is working from home. I thought I'd hate it when when we first started work from home. I I thought, you know, the energy of going into the office, the the culture of seeing my coworkers, going into a conference room for a meeting and quickly we adapted and the business didn't suffer whatsoever to the point that I joke with my coworkers now I'm I'm never not working from home. Like I love it. I'm hooked. What um, would you say is the most redeeming aspect of working from home? Truly, it's just the ability to know that I'm in control of my schedule a little bit more of like, okay, I'm going to, you know, I have my food in the fridge or my snacks or I need to, I want to go on a walk or whatever I want to do in that moment, not like someone pulling me into a meeting last minute or I don't know, I guess that can still happen on Slack, but there's something that feels empowering about it. Mm-hmm, definitely. Uh, so- That would be for Lauren, we're going to kind of break these things down into like things we want to pull forward and things we want to leave behind. And so for Lauren, that seems to be a thing to pull forward, right? To, to work from home, getting a big head nod. It's so interesting. I um, am interning remotely right now at a company called Steeps. We'll get into that at another time, but I went to um, the main business school building at Kellogg today, the hub, and was working alongside four or five friends who have completely separate internships. And I think I have a very different opinion of working from home. I, I think I thrive on, you know, getting energy from other people. And I think even more so if we were all working on the same thing, but it was so amazing to be all back in this 
in the same space and to be be with friends. And so I don't think I'm as bullish on working from home as Lauren is. And I think that comes down to like, I would call myself like the ultimate extrovert. Like I really do get energy from being around other people. I don't really like being by myself all that much. Um, and so I miss that camaraderie. So do you feel that way at all? Or are you, you're satisfied by Zooms? And I was actually really worried about feeling that aloneness because I also live on my own, but I have a two bedroom. So I have like my office in one bedroom, another, and then just feeling like the thing is I'm, I'm talking to people all day long. I'm in zooms all day long. And so yeah. I, I really don't feel it. I think actually something I discovered about myself during the pandemic is I actually need more alone time than I thought I did. And maybe even being in an office was not overstimulating, but you know, five days a week, eight 30 to five 30 plus maybe that was too much. Maybe it was counterproductive because I, I, growing up like in high school and college, I always was a, I, I prefer to study on my own. I didn't like to go to the library to have other people around me. I found it very distracting. So I've, I've been able to be very productive from home and, and I don't miss the distraction. I'm also silly. Like I'm listening to music. I'm singing while I'm working, like obviously not going to do that in an office. You know, it's a different level yeah. of being professional. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm in the middle. Um, one thing I want to take with me from the pandemic is using zoom to maximize my time. Like I do not think that group project meetings on college campuses where you need to find a place that's in the middle of where everyone lives and at the right time of day so that people are coming from rehearsal and econ class and the dining hall and they have enough time to get there. I just don't think Mm -hmm. that stuff necessarily needs to happen in person. I think Zoom is totally adequate, really productive. You can all get on a Google Doc and work on it together. People can screen share and people a are less likely to be late to those meetings but b if they are late i'm on my computer i can check my email it doesn't feel like i'm wasting my time in the same way because there's always that person in the group that shows up 15 minutes late mm-hmm. and i've been that person and i feel bad so zoom actually helps me be more punctual but one thing that i noticed um spring quarter is that there's something really nice about going to class in person and having that distraction-free zone, I had kind of convinced myself it was really nice that in the middle of a lecture, I could turn my camera off and fold my laundry or get a snack or go to the bathroom. But then I was doing this group project for a marketing class about how to revive AMC theaters post-pandemic. And we were saying (laughs) one of the biggest values in a movie theater is this distraction-free experience. It's so immersive. You can't be on your phone. You can't pause it. You can't go get your toddler who's crying from the other room, whatever. And then we went to class one day because this was a hybrid course to give our presentation about AMC. And as we were saying all these things about a distraction-free environment and being fully in the moment of where you are, it was kind of like, whoa, that's how I feel about going to in-person class. And I really missed it. You know, Netflix is great. It has a time and place. It's nice to be able to pause, but do you want to watch Avengers and pause in the middle and go brush your teeth and come back? No, because it really, it cheapens the experience. So I think that there's a happy medium where things that were always a hassle can be simplified on Zoom and things that, you know, rely on human interaction and complete focus will be able to happen in person again. Yeah. I'll stick with zoom for, for something that I want to leave behind. And I hope is a thing of the past is a (laughs) zoom class to your point. I just think being in person and being able to interact and having those small moments between 
classes and um and just those interactions in class where you're able to like have a side conversation if if there's a group conversation um or a different like group breakouts and have a side conversation i just think that as great as zoom was and i think that a lot of universities and mba programs etc did as good as they did as well as they could um i hope that in my next year of, of my mba program i don't have zoom class so i'm hoping that is something that we leave behind i do agree with you though about the value of of zoom in some cases and i also think one of the best things about zoom uh from this past year is that the quality of speakers that we were able to bring in was actually really really high because they didn't have to travel to chicago let alone evanston mm -hmm. um and so they could very easily make out half an hour an hour because it's not a full day commitment to come to campus. Um, so that's something that I think will stick um, or I hope will stick in addition to like quick uh, meetings like you mentioned, Kate. For sure. Another thing I would like to leave behind is the word unprecedented. I just yes, never need to please. hear it again <laughs> unless people let's, are using let's it. Let's say unprecedented times. Let, yeah, I love precedented times. Um, unless people are <laughs> using it ironically, I just feel that that's one of the most overused words ever. And, you know, I kind of dread all of the commercials we're about to see in the next decade, honestly, that reference unprecedented times. Um, like, well, we just over got it. out of unprecedented times. I actually should have played a drinking game at your graduation, Kate. That was how many times was the word unprecedented use? Because yes, it was incredible that you all made it through this this senior year through the pandemic, but it was left and used left and right. Yeah. And I just feel like it's kind of meaningless at this point. Like say what you're trying to say. If you're saying that it was like a challenging time emotionally, that's more meaningful than calling it unprecedented. Mm -hmm. If you're yeah, saying like a catch-all. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it doesn't really convey anything specific to me anymore. So anyway, we're leaving that. Yeah. We're numb just to a, it a, at this point. A quick, a quick pause just to put this all in reference because I think as a family, we've discussed that like kind of hard to think about like what March and April of 2020 felt like now that we've come so far. And then also really how much has changed since like March of 2021. Mm -hmm. which is only three months away, right? Or three months um, in the past. This was a, essentially, if we're going to call, you know, if we're going to call this the end, which in other countries, obviously, still very much not the end and, and hoping that vaccine numbers continue to improve in the US. But if we're going to call this the end, it was a 15-month experience and things month to month were just so wildly different. And um I certainly am trying to give myself some time to think about what I want to leave in the past and what I want to carry forward. And also, like, I think there's a lot of public discourse about, like, how resistant and not resistant, how persistent human beings are and how time passes. We've gotten through all of our yesterdays and we will continue to get through challenges in the past. Right. Quite literally, we have we have gotten through every day. Um, so just a quick pause there. I don't know if you guys have anything you want to add to that, but kind of crazy. Yeah. Beautiful monologue, Matthew. I appreciated it. Very uplifting. It yes. is crazy. We persevere. Uh, we make it through. Yeah. We make it work. Um, speaking yes. of making it work, one thing I want to take with me out of the pandemic is the idea of dinner parties and entertaining at home and making that a special experience. I mean, personally, my ideal night would be cooking for friends and being at home. So the fact that that became kind of the norm with uh, quarantine pods was, you know, something that fit my lifestyle. Um, but I would love to carry that forward and not just 
you know, cooking up something random, but being thoughtful about what it is and kind of making, uh, making a night of it. So I had fun doing that with my friends and going forward. I hope it's a mix of staying in and going out, but I definitely have a newfound appreciation for a night at home. Well, you have a beautiful way in general, Kate, of making the everyday activities feel a little bit special. So I think that really speaks to who you are, which is so wonderful. Like yesterday, I Kate made I knew you. I literally was going to say why because of the plate. Okay, go. Yes, she pulls out this like adorable little plate that our mom shopped at the Ivy restaurant has a shop. You can buy the plate. So she pulls out this plate, puts my sandwich on the plate and, and, you know, elevates just this like silly little in-between moment as I'm like, rushing between meetings and she's like here I made you this beautiful tuna wrap on a pretty plate um yeah that is what love language would you consider that gift giving I don't know I think it's acts of service no oh is it I've never felt um that acts of service spoke to my soul but maybe it's just like me like just being thoughtful like make it nice make it nice real housewives in New York um Anyway, yes, dinner parties, great. I really am looking forward to investing in my glassware and dishware collection as I am. Yeah, it's going to be epic. It's going to be epic. Let's see. Other things that are... Matthew, can I I add something there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think as I become more of an adult and also uh, went through the pandemic, like I, I think I came to appreciate those things. Like it's a lot of work to like, not work, but like, focus and attention to be able to like do something kind for someone it's not work it's it's attention and and thoughtfulness and I think that I realized how far those things can go so I think that that's something that a lot of people I think it just like everything's so digital it's so easy to send some somebody a gift and it's not about the time it takes but it's the thought that it takes and so I think that's something that I want to pull forward um and the other thing that I'd love to pull forward is just like the activity of walks has never been as big a thing as it was the last 15 months. And I frankly really enjoyed them. I think it's a great way to catch up with a friend. I think it's a great way to clear your head. Um, And when did we ever, especially in growing up in a city like Los Angeles, which is so car focused, we've never taken that many walks in our lives, but I think um, there's a reason why people like having dogs that get you outside. So even if you don't have a dog, um, shout out to Finn, our new dog. Um, I think it's really nice to get out and, and take a walk. So I hope that that's something that um, I know I'll definitely plan to do it. But I, I think people should, if they like doing that, and continue to do it. Yeah. yeah. Well, in both instances, it's like number one, if you can't be there in person or physically, you know, you're, you'll send something thoughtful to show that that you care. So like that's incredible. And then number two of the walk. It, when everything else is shut down, what what other options are there? Okay, you can get outside and walk and be socially distanced and catch up with a friend. And honestly, so many positives, getting fresh air, seeing people, feeling like it was a little less risky or dangerous. It, it really, I think, was a very positive thing. Yeah. Are you gonna say, ne- never have I ever seen so many people out on a 32 degree day as I did yeah. this year. Um you know, people would walk in any weather, but I like that sometimes when I'm trying to catch up with a bunch of people, I squeeze them in for like breakfast, lunch, dinner, coffee, snack. It's like, how many restaurants do I want to sit at and meals do I want to have? And so a walk is such a nice activity to kind of balance that out. But, um, one of my favorite parts of the first season of Mad Men is when this kind of modern 
wife moves to the neighborhood actually she's a single mom and she walks around the neighborhood a lot and the other moms are like oh I notice you on walks where are you going and she was like I just like to walk around and they're like yeah but where are you going (laughs) and you know it feels uh, felt so relevant to this year we weren't going anywhere but um I definitely think walks are here to stay literally nowhere well that's something I want to leave behind was this feeling of feeling grounded I think also as I was building camber throughout the pandemic which is a travel inspiration app and the idea of reminiscing on I was adding some places that I love in Florence to one of my lists uh, mostly a restaurant called Trattoria 13 Gobi which is a family favorite highly highly recommend you can find it on my camber and I was I was reminiscing of just I I'm ready to to get out there again I think I'm pleased to have discovered and have more appreciation for road trips you, you know mm. just leaving the house going somewhere going on a nice drive but I'm ready to not feel so so grounded anymore. Noted. That said, I think the biggest thing I'm pulling forward, and yeah, it's cheesy, but I will not take for granted these small activities any longer. You know, giving my grandmother a hug, as as silly as it might sound, like that. These like very very simple things were taken away from us, and that was really hard for a while. And I think. Yes, looking back on it, like you were saying, Maddie, you know, we've we've come through it in so many ways, but it it was just a lot of unknowns for so long. And so makes me so appreciative for what we're able to do now. There's a really epic moment when the waiter is bringing your food out at the restaurant. You're like, oh, that's mine. And I'm so happy that we get to do that again post-COVID. I'm serious. You're deprived of that if you get takeout or you cook at home, but like, that's true. You're sitting there, you're like, I'm yeah. so ready for my burrito. Yeah. <laughs> we went to John and Vinny's the other night, and I, I had forgotten how good the food was there because takeout is, is delicious, but eating it there, piping hot, it was a new experience. Yeah, incomparable. I was starting to think my spicy fusilli was better than John and Vinny's, which didn't make sense to me. But when I ate it there in person, I was like, no, this takes the cake. Well, Highly recommend everyone, if you're in local to LA, take a trip to John and Vinny's. They are ready and waiting for you. Totally. All right. Should we wrap it there? Any other closing thoughts? Yeah. I think that's good. Well, this might be a long episode, but uh, you're welcome. We were chatty today. And if you like what you hear, you can follow us on Instagram at the Wolf Den Pod. Um, please subscribe, whichever platform you're listening on. We would love to know that whenever we post a new episode, you'll get a notification. And my goal is still to be on someone's Spotify wrap. We have about six months left. So yeah, become a weekly listener on Spotify. And soon enough, we might be in your top podcast of 2021. We, we, have, we have a couple shots. I think, I think we have a couple shots. I think so too. It's gonna Mostly We've family members. And we love you all. Yes. Well, thank you so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. See ya. See you next episode.